Hello and welcome to Criticism is Dead, a weekly culture podcast about what we're watching and what it all means, if it means anything at all. It often doesn't, you know. Oh, no, um, yeah, that's true. No. Um, I'm Helen Keskin Liu, a producer and writer. I'm Jenny Chijang, a culture writer and critic. And this week we're discussing Deep Water and Standing Up, a film in a series that both, in their own way, involve turning shit into comedic gold. <laughs> One of them in a meta sense one of them in an actual like story plot sense uh yeah yeah no shade or maybe shade no shade to uh, at least uh one half one of, of that equation yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah how have you been jenny Sava? how's your french going oh oh, oh <laughs> we are still doing duolingo <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah brother i am uh i am on an 18 day streak on duolingo for my french nice so look at me do you want me to reveal want- my streak which... Oh fuck off! What is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me let me open this up right now because it is one of the things in my life that is just like a high point. Um, <laughs> so I haven't done today's yet, but currently I'm at 484 days. Okay, so this encapsulates exactly the difference between me and Jenny. <laughs> I like to pat myself on the back for doing the least, and I'm very loud about it. <laughs> and uh, Jenny. Humble queen uh, won't oh say God. anything and will sun me in her overperformance. Not it's at amazing. All. That's Not a, at congratulations. All. Well, fucking be, hell. To be fair, like all of these like really long streaks, you ha- you have to realize that they are supported in part at least by like the freeze option on like Duolingo. Like you can okay technically freeze a day or whatever if you can't get to it. Um, so I've used that. I've used that, definitely. So that's the thing I don't understand. The only thing that makes sense to me are the hearts. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand all the other fucking reward shit oh. on Duolingo. Like, I don't understand the freeze. I don't understand the gems. I don't understand. It's always offering me shit. And I'm like, no, fuck <laughs> off. Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to learn grammar here. What's going on? Well, in that case, you don't have to know anything beyond that. Um, okay. Everything else is just for people who have a sick mind who need to continue this like gamify thing which you th- are this more includes of a gamer me, than i so. am also yeah so this makes sense um <laughs> i love to talk about duolingo this is great yes, um, this is great this is great how, <laughs> how how have you been though for real like what's been going on oh i've been okay i had a dream last night about selling sunset for some reason oh wow and i dreamed that actually they added four more cast members and they were all like queer or trans or non-binary and then they stuck all the cast members into basically a dorm situation in four beds to one hotel room and we started rolling the cameras and that was the new show uh that sounds genius uh, yeah i'm not sure what this says about me but so what i'm gonna do in post is i'm gonna bleep over that entire thing that you just said and we're <laughs> gonna do a pitch doc Oh, send okay. it to Netflix. <laughs> All right. Well, if anyone from Netflix uh, listens to to us, please get in touch. Yeah, that's that sounds amazing. I would yeah. I would one hundred percent watch. Yeah. How are you doing otherwise, Pella? <laughs> um, I'm doing okay. I I think my week has literally just been trying to relearn the French that I forgot when I was um, mm-hmm. eighteen. So I mean, it has been nice fun. to watch um, standing up and get like French happens so rapid fire. They speak it does, so yeah. quickly and. There's yeah. so many like shortenings and uh, of yeah. phrases and and for- in like formal French, so it's yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this thing where I've been watching it with French subtitles and then Ooh, going wow. back and watching it in English, and I don't oh, know if that's, that's helping, but who fucking knows? Probably anyway. a little bit at least. Yeah, um, yeah. nice, anyway. nice. We're yeah. in sort of a 
sort of a goofy mood today if you couldn't so tell, yeah. if you can't couldn't tell by just like our our endless garbage talk so i um, feel like i feel like <laughs> this is just how we should be all of the time i came this close to doing the introduction of this podcast in french oh my god bonjour et bienvenue à critique et mort there we wow. go wow wow beautiful beautiful cheers babe anyway what have you been watching this week what's on the docket for you <laughs> uh so sort of been going along with our uh Goofy mood today. <laughs> Silly goofy um, mood. I'm going to be talking about Deep Water, which is, of course, on Hulu. Uh, this is the erotic psychological thriller that was notoriously filmed when it stars Ben Affleck and Anna Darmas were still very publicly dating. Um, so I put up a poll on our Twitter account asking if we should do Deep Water this week because I was still sort of on the fence on when, if I wanted to watch it. And the results were uh, almost 50-50. So... Oh, damn. Very sorry to the maybe 45% of you who did not want us to talk about this, but we'll try to make it funny, at least. Uh, I have to, <laughs> I have to... I get it. I was on the fence about watching it as well. We were both pretty much on the fence about watching yeah. it the entire week. I'm so glad I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. so glad I did. <laughs> what a hilarious time! Anyway, I'll I'll I let know. you take it away. Yeah, first, I'll I'll start. give the uh, summary first. So yeah, context. This is based on a 1957 novel. Uh, this is directed by Adrian Lin, who did the Academy Award winning Fatal Attraction. Of course, this is his first film in 20 years, so it's kind of a big deal in that sense. Uh, screenplay written by Zach Helm and the Sam Levinson of Euphoria fame. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So the story is basically there is this couple, Vic, uh, played by Ben Affleck, Melinda, played by Anna Darmas. They have a young daughter, Trixie, played by Grace Jenkins, who is a wonderful... Instant icon. Great child actress from this. uh, Great showing. So this family, they live in this random, smallest, randomest fuck town in, in Louisiana, and they spend their days there partying with their friends, taking care of their daughter, uh, otherwise enjoying basically being jobless. Uh, Vic is retired and rich is the explanation. Yeah. Their marriage is clearly troubled. Melinda has a string of lovers of whom Vic is very obviously jealous uh, to the point where those lovers keep disappearing under very mysterious circumstances. That is sort of the top line uh, summary of what you need to know. Everything else you can sort of guess from here. But mm-hmm. yeah, it is just to get it out of the way. Uh, it's not really a good film, yeah. but it is a very funny film to me. <laughs> and I had, yeah. a, I had a great time watching it. Uh, yeah. What about you, Pelin? Tell me more about your experience. I, okay, I wouldn't say it's not not good. Uh, it's, but it's, it's bad. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, no, no. I've definitely seen much worse than yeah. this. It is entertaining. Yeah. No matter what. Because Star Power, you are watching Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas in this weird role, in this weird situation. And that kind of like the two-hander scenes are so fascinating to watch. But again, because you know that they are together at this point so that's the lore of of whatever's going on in their relationship yeah, and obviously like how the, it ended the weird, up weird uh, mr and mrs smith kind of yeah mythology yeah, yeah exactly um, so that's always fascinating we love that you know but yeah. yeah i think when i first heard that this film was being made by adrian lynn i was very excited because i do love that erotic thriller moment that we had in the i guess late 80s early 90s um Mm -hmm. but 
it did this disappointed me when I'm thinking in the context of him. You know, this is definitely probably a bad comeback for him. Uh, but it's yeah. it's fun for us to have it in the world in film right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's always fun to to have some like. I don't know if it did. I guess it was trying to take itself seriously, but it kind of veered that, yeah. into self. And I think that was like one of the, the one of the problems that yes. people had with it. Yeah, it, it takes itself too seriously when actually it's just like it's a very funny, unintentionally quite quite funny film. Yeah, like it, um, it, it was. It came this close to being a dark comedy, and I wish they just went there um because then it would have been a great film like it would it would have been amazing um but they kind of yeah just an ounce of self-awareness exactly Um, yeah 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 and it's like an erotic thriller it's not especially thrilling it's not especially erotic or sexy Mm -mm, i would say no so it kind of fails on those fronts um but let's let's talk about the leads because those are obviously it's why we're here the the draw of this why we are here uh I thought Ben and his dead fucking eyes were oh, were great. Oh my god, uh, I, th- I thought it was great. I really think uh, last year was a great year for Ben in terms of this, and then also the last, the last duel. duel. Um, he just showing his range. He just knows it, man. He just knows how to be either a prick um, or uh-huh. a cuck. So. Shout out to him. <laughs> Shout out to the King of Boston. I really, really was impressed by him. I, I, I think I text you to be like, he's, yeah. he's knocking out the park, man. Yeah. What about, yeah. what about Anna? What do you think about Anna Damas? She was hot. She was beautiful. So hot. Um, yeah. She was playing such a baffling role. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna quote what I texted you, Helen, which is like, it seems like they kind of just picked up some like archetype of like a spicy manic femme fatale like yeah. l- latina lady and they just like threw her in here yeah and in the middle of this bumfuck louisiana <laughs> yeah. setting and and that was yeah. it <laughs> yeah yeah no exactly she, she did the most with what she had yeah. i think uh she is like very uh, charismatic definitely yeah. as a performer but uh, i don't know what what's what's going on with her character i'm gonna blame sam levinson for this one uh, the track the record is just too uh, blatant for me to ignore it. Uh, Malcolm and Marie obviously mm. being another instance where he loves himself an angry, uh, hot girl mm. that makes very cutting points. Mm-hmm. And she, this character does make points. It's just that beyond that, beyond those like scenes of confrontation, we don't know why she's doing what she's doing. No. At all. She's a total mystery. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, nothing about her background. Like... We are literally what, given. Where is she from? Like, yeah. Where? Why is she here? How did she meet uh, Vic? But, but like, not even how did she meet? Why did she marry him? Why did she marry him? Why does she continue to stay married to yes. him? Like they both seem to agree that their marriage is like very troubled and not yeah. working. But what is keeping them together? Uh, it's still quite unclear. It's something that you said previously about something else that it's all kind of gestural. And this feels very yeah. gestural to me. Like I, as someone that is fascinated by like the depictions of complicated relationships on screen, like mm-hmm. that's my bag mm-hmm. and I love it. I can see that, you know, in that one confrontation where she's just like, like you don't know how to be passionate. That, uh-huh. that, okay, I get it. I get it. So maybe she's seeking passion elsewhere. Okay. But then also mm-hmm. why, in terms of why they're staying together, like, I can deduce from what's going on that she have a young kid. They have a young kid, Uh, but more than anything, like this man truly loves her to the point of mania. And maybe that's something that passion. Yeah. That maybe that's something that she eventually is like, Oh, no man will ever love me. (laughs) Probably no man will love me to the point of this insanity that's happening right now. 
And yeah, like that's the the scene from the trailer, um, yeah. the infamous trailer, where also she's like giving him a hand job in the grass. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there there's like that one moment that sort of alludes to this, but it's such a it kind of assumes that we're gonna fill in the rest of the reason, the background, the context yeah. uh, with our imagination based on these tiny shades of like hints that they want to drop, but they don't really fully exactly. Develop. Yeah, I do um, wonder because of how their relationship ended up and i'm talking about ben and anna i wonder how much uh, of this film was edited differently to the point of bare bonesness that it is right now that's a great question so because i know that like the press tour and everything they just refuse to do it yeah they're not doing any so, press for this and i think this is probably a sore spot for a lot of them and i'm sure many of both of their managers and everything uh worked very diligently to make sure some scenes were cut out who knows because like i'm just fucking thought i'm trying to think about it and like dude okay hand jobs (laughs) uh why there's so many hand jobs why are these hand jobs so pivotal listen hand jobs great love to receive them giving them wonderful are they my favorite mode (laughs) of delivering orgasms and receiving them (laughs) no a hundred percent no they're probably in the bottom rank so i don't understand i mean i think i said something to you because you initially were like you watched it before i did and you were like a lot of hand jobs <laughs> and i was just like well you don't need an intimacy coordinator yeah. for that so is that they just didn't have the budget for an intimacy intimacy coordinator and or... i mean you just don't have to show them at all you you make yeah you make some motions uh you do some facial you, you expressions could, you know what's going on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. they're, but, they're um, easy to pull off in that sense or is it that they just edited out the sex scenes i don't know it's highly possible now that you're talking about this um i'm Uh, believing i'm sort of buying into this this conspiracy don't shit where you eat because then what ends up happening is you get a film full of hand jobs uh and and not much (laughs) else uh shout out to jacob elordi by the way oh Um, playing this um jazz club piano player like really knows how to tickle the ivories what Okay, can we just back up and yeah, talk about yeah. the men in yes, this? Um, yes, of course. Where does she find them? Great question. How are there so many? Um, I think I think almost all of them are like yeah, above average hot. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is going on? Yeah, she's just I, like I, she I heads into town to like uh, I don't know, pick up milk or something, and she comes back with like a new boyfriend. <laughs> and she yeah, she's like, this is my best friend. Yes. Um, what? Okay, I think what happened mm-hmm. here. You know, something that we also noticed was the way that uh, this friendship circle, like these two adults between the ages of 30 and 50, like everybody seems to just be acting like college students. Yeah. Where they're just just going to each other's houses, parties. Yeah. And like singing and and dancing. And (laughs) And the way their parties turn out, like they stay until like 3 a.m. And then they're like, someone's like, I got to make cookies. Yeah. Yeah. uh, uh, These other 45 year olds are like, yeah, make some cookies. Make some cookies. What? Okay. So I think this is a two parter. I think, Uh I think the writers did not know any people at this age from this part of the world. Uh, yeah, they really, like, again, they transplanted some, like, random people who seemed like they would fit in in an entirely different geographic Literally like, a bunch of, location. like, L.A. Hollywood industry wankers, and then just yeah. plop them in the middle of Louisiana, Louisiana were, like, um, go for it. A f- anyway. A fictional town in Louisiana, but yes, like, a, a small town Louisiana place, and I and don't know, no like, offense, why. Yeah, no offense to anybody from Louisiana, from a small town that's rich, like, these people are rich, Maybe this is what you guys do all day because there's nothing better to do. I don't know. 
But I think what it really comes down to is the fact that they tried to translate parts of the novel Mm. into a way, because I'm sure it was like, oh, high society, 50s, like this is all all they did. Like the women would do um, soirees and parties and whatever. And it's like very... Doesn't quite hold up right now. Exactly, yeah. contemporary context. No, no. It just, it feels a little bit like there's something here that's missing. That was one of the funniest parts to me. Just like seeing their their (laughs) friends and their hangouts and the way they talk to each other. Yeah. It was really like, okay, so these are basically uh, 22-year-olds operating from the the bodies of uh, Of like 45-year-olds with kids and jobs maybe M- maybe although again we don't we don't know if they see work. anyone work no nope. this is like really sort of a, a blessed existence uh, i mean i think uh vic's character like vic retiring at such a young age because he created something it, extremely that makes, that makes so much sense that, that yeah. happens all the time yeah but yeah just uh, the weird okay so can i just look quickly really like i know we're like bouncing back and forth uh the snails oh yes the snails uh he tends to a whole like little shed of slimy snails and this is uh, supposed to suggest i guess that he is like a a slimy character a slimy he's yeah he's he's a sicko is what it's Mm -hmm. trying to suggest which uh, yeah it doesn't doesn't work for me i don't get it um i think i think it's always interesting to make your um just you know sicko weirdo whatever um have like some quirk uh it always makes it interesting yeah but this this didn't pay off for me um yeah i mean here's one interesting fun fact um from an interview with the snail handler for this film uh he said that ben affleck was a perfect gentleman with the snails and he did not harm a single one so that, that okay. seems very very well of you, Ben. Like, well, the bar is on the floor. The What's he going to do? Squish a bunch of snails <laughs> under his feet and be like, ha! Ah. Maybe maybe someone would have accidentally stepped on stepped on one. Um, you never know. That that snail handler was was deeply impressed with Damn. with our boy Ben. So I, I, I've got to say. At the end, when they suggested cooking the snails, I was like, "Don't you dare!" So maybe they did their jobs. You know? Yeah. I mean, what is interesting also, like, the about, which I think it says something about Ben's performance and also, like, the the shred of substance that he, they give his character, but also primarily about what he brings to the performance is, like, how much that we as viewers kind of feel more for him than for Melinda. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he is someone who is, he's a murderer. All right, we'll cop up to that. He's a murderer. Yep. yep. He is incredibly jealous and, like, controlling when it comes to his wife. But w- the way that it works out, we're like, hmm, okay, maybe, you know, maybe there's some justification to that. Like, maybe... Yeah. He and Anandarmas are both great performers, um, but just like the what he is given is just so much better to work with, and we yeah. feel for Ben really. Um, yeah, or but Ben's I do, I do. Th- but this is why I'm annoyed because the scenes where we see a little bit more of Anandarmas's character mm-hmm. in terms of her justifications or in terms of her explanations, they hold a lot more weight to me in in terms mm-hmm. of like if we were to compare and contrast it's just there wasn't enough of them and all i'm yeah, asking like was scattered maybe oh my like god th- two or three of them throughout yeah, whereas max, like we just spend max. so much more time with uh ben affleck's character yeah yeah and like there, there were just some things that don't make sense to me i think the part where i completely checked out was mm-hmm. um okay spoiler alert after the death of <laughs> uh jacob alordi's character where they're uh-huh. all with the police, all in uh-huh. one room. I do not understand why this woman screamed out that her husband did it. 
I don't understand it. It's just, I, it's not something that a married woman would do in terms of like, the, I, I get that she's angry and I get that she knows it's him, but I would much rather she know it's him and do something to weaponize it against him. Like if she really hates him that way, I think it should be intimately between the two of them where she tries to punish him, not in front of everybody. Yeah. But that's just yeah. me. Which yeah, is again, so. that's like why her character doesn't really make sense. No. It's she's sort of like they define her by her passion, by her passionate outbursts. Yeah. Pretty much again, like that archetype. Um yeah. and then everything else, like their whole relationship, like her whole deal, it just it doesn't really make sense. It's no, not it logical. No, it's no. um it's thrown together. And yeah. I'll I'll say like one other funny moment to me, unintentionally yeah. funny again. Uh, I really was laughing at the, I guess what you could call the climax, where Don Wilson, this character Don Wilson, played by Tracy Letts, he's this guy in his, like, 50s who's somehow still, you know, part of their friend circle, an author who's investigating Vic, uh, has deep suspicions about Vic. So he's, like, driving his car during this intense chase sequence. He's acting like a complete idiot. He's, like, cackling to himself in his car. He's, like, fumbling with his phone. Uh, just like a complete buffoon, a and I, yeah, yeah goofy, like one of boy. supposed to be one of the most intense, uh, high stress moments of the the movie, and it but was. I'll just, tell you what, it was mate, so funny. It it's was so, so funny, funny, but it's also extremely accurate because I feel like that is kind of how I would respond. Also, if I thought someone was a murderer and I finally saw them in the fucking act, and I was trying to get somewhere to fight like i feel like i would 100 percent have that monologue either externally or internally um but the way that he acted it was definitely comedy acting i don't know what yeah. else you would call it yeah which yeah. is like <laughs> so again, that's sort of like that line between can this be a self-aware comedy or can it like fully own whatever gravitas it's trying to have as like a serious film and yeah that's yeah. just like <laughs> it did not have any gravitas to it, like, you know, whatsoever. So no, 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 then, yeah, no. just, like, fully lean into the comedic side of it. Yeah. Because uh, there's plenty of material here. Yeah. I mean, I think my initial note, like, the last thing I'll say about this, my mm-hmm. overall note, mm-hmm. editing aside, which I think it was poorly edited, mm. for, for whatever, I, I truly believe that there were scenes in this that were missing. It, this was also not as well directed as it should have been. Mm. and yeah tell, I just, me, tell me more on that front so it's been 20 years since this guy's last movie mm-hmm. and he directed at a very very different time yes. in in just filmmaking period yeah. i don't i'm not saying he's he can't direct of course he's a good director but i think this required a very 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 steady hand because it's tension yeah okay so i want to compare this to something like gone girl right yes yes that is fincher who his whole world is trying to communicate that the world is terrible and showcasing that darkness and that tension is like his bag. And I just, I feel like Gone Girl in the wrong hands would also have this kind of tone of comedy because there is funny moments in Gone Girl, but Mm -hmm. it's overall just very tense because of the the exacting Fincher hand. Mm -hmm. And I just imagine like what Fincher would have done with Deep Water and I feel like it would have been... A very different film and i'm not just saying that because ben affleck is yeah. also being cucked no yeah i think it's just, there, people yeah. are comparing it to gone girl in yeah uh, that sense too yeah so yeah i think yeah. that's right so kind of iffy writing iffy directing iffy editing uh mm, very iffy overall makes up this package that is not really succeeding on the fronts that it probably intended to but again like we we, we kind of had a 
I had a really fun this. time. Yeah, I had a really uh, fun time. Listen, if you are a Shonda Rhimes fan, I highly <laughs> recommend this film. I'll, uh, I'll just say yeah. That. yeah. So, yeah, take a watch. Uh, let us know if we made a mistake picking this for <laughs> this week's episode. Feel free to let us know. Definitely. We make no mistakes. All right, now pivoting from Louisiana to Paris, France. What did you watch this week, Pellin? Hell yeah. So I watched Standing Up, which is on Netflix. This is the latest six-part series by Fanny Herrero, who is the creator of Netflix's very popular French show, Call My Agent. So if you like... Which we talked about we have, Yeah, we have. We're huge Call My Agent fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might be coming back, TBD. Oh. I, I honestly I got served up this on my Netflix algorithm. Thank you, algorithm. I would not have known wow. that this yeah. uh, that this was coming out, but it just came it's out really March buried. 18th. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's called Standing Up, but it, I, I, the, the actual title of it is uh, Drôle, which means funny in French, which is similar to Call My Agent, which actually is 10%. Why do they do oh, that? Yeah. Why do they change? Anyway. Yeah. Let's not question Netflix. Um, <laughs> much like Call My Agent, this is also like an ensemble dramedy. More comedy than drama. I don't know. It's, I think it finds yeah, the balance pretty well. accurate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's essentially about the stand-up comedy scene, uh, how oh. it works with these through these characters in Paris. So... Herrero, I'm sorry to keep comparing it, but Herrero was the sole writer and showrunner for Call My Agent. And on this, she basically conceived of the idea um, after chatting to one of France's most famous stand-up comics, Gad Elmaleh, about Paris's like burgeoning stand-up scene, which is very new compared to America. Mm. So this was mm. this is an important note, and she went on to like co-create and then co-write this series with Hervé Lacinthe and a bunch of other like comedy writers a lot of comics themselves like stand-up comics wrote the sets of of the comedians Mm -hmm. in this show so it tries to stay true Um, another interesting fact is that most of the if not all of the audience uh, when these guys are doing their sets are real people um, like actually reacting actually reacting yeah because wow. like that's cool the one thing she was like uh fake laughter is terrible and you can tell yeah. that it's fake laughter and she's not wrong and i, I yeah. definitely a lot I definitely of a lot of it. shows fall into that trap i think like they yeah. have um like you know sets that like, they sets yeah they have sets yeah. that don't sound like they're actually real and then they have a uh, fake laugh <laughs> fake laughter and reactions yeah so that's good this is like yeah. very uh much more authentic in that sense definitely and i think what i like about this show is listen i'm a i'm a marvelous mrs Maisel fan Mm. um but it's very different to that so if you have been frustrated with the depictions of like stand-up comedy in tv of late whether it's marvelous mrs Maisel or che diaz uh on and just like that (laughs) do Uh not worry this is definitely more down to earth actually Mm. funny i think some of the sets are actually funny um and not as corny it really isn't like i don't think Mm -hmm. this is a corny show in general um no it it has very european tendencies of not taking itself too seriously and knowing how to poke fun of its characters and of the situations um and it has a strength of call my agent of like fright like it doesn't uh turn away from embarrassing its characters which i think makes for good tv Mm -hmm. in general um are you like me allergic to stand-up comedy people in general like comic well i don't know that many of them personally uh, maybe well, just yeah couple, i mean i just but... know dan janine shout out to you dan love you so much um <laughs> but living in new york as you have as i am 
we meet a lot of these people <laughs> yeah or a lot of aspiring comics um it is like the the overall image is not a particularly great no one, it's not great uh until mm. no someone gets an snl and everyone congratulates them and is so happy and then the next week yeah. they're back to saying like oh, snl so cringe it's so over yeah. um yeah. so I, yeah it's an interesting slice of the entertainment world i think where it's yeah. like almost universally derided but then some until like someone comes along and people are like this this person is a genius it's cringe until it's not yes and that's just basically. kind of like it's so huge respect to anybody that is trying to make it in stand-up you are either there's something remarkably wrong with you or <laughs> you are just one of the bravest people <laughs> like mm-hmm. bravest strain of people in this world because yeah my God, it could not be me. I implore everybody to, to watch this show anyway, because I think what it's great at is kind of showing how that sausage is made. Yeah. Um, so it is, again, like Paris's comedy scene is definitely a baby compared to like the old age monster that it is here in America. But yeah. I think that's the strength of it, honestly, because you can see these people all trying to figure it out and all yeah. try to kind of, you know, whether it's their cadence, their delivery, the writing, like... It's like kind of, it's new and exciting. Like the fact that it's young and they get to be part of it and they get to sort of pave the path and uh, be a part of this like burgeoning movement. Uh, Yeah. So that that adds to the sort of the energy of this, this entire show. Yeah, totally. And like this show would not exist without its ensemble cast, much like Mm -hmm. Call My Agent. Everybody is endearing Mm -hmm. in their own way. Um, So we have Aisa Tu, played by Maria Magui. Nazir, played by Eunice Busif. Bling slash Etienne, played by Jean Sion. And then Apolline, played by um, Elsa Gwich. So who is your favorite before we get into the different mm. kind of stories? Who Do you have a favorite? I think so. But what this show does so well is like making the characters feel very real to the point mm. where like you might love a character one episode and the next episode they do something so terrible or careless or whatever that you're just like, oh, fuck. Fuck this guy. And then, you know, they make amends. They try to make amends and then you're like, okay, that... You know, they're trying. Like, I I like that. So, yeah. I mean, it was really good all around. You know, obviously, I I used to think it's kind of like the the shine. Mm. Like, she is in this universe the rising star. Yeah. Um, She's the coolest. She's the most together yeah uh, so i really like her i also really like nazir those are i mean those are the two you know main protagonists the, yeah i guess the co-protagonist yeah yeah for sure uh, yeah but again yeah they're they're all like good in their own ways like even bling who is so annoying for so part of this that you see yeah. genuinely like how he is trying he's making some effort how he yeah. like hurts in different ways and even Apolline who I really was not a fan of for most of this even at the end like I I started to see like okay I understand where she's coming from and I really feel for her in that context yeah Yeah. and it's funny because I think it takes a lot of tropes Mm -hmm. like character tropes that everybody has seen and is familiar with but places it in this context that feels fresh yeah so you have Aisa too who is you know Aisa is the career woman that's the trope Mm -hmm. Um, she's just trying to put her career first and she is juggling family relationships. We've all seen it before, but it just seems so different and fresh with her. Yeah. And then Nazir is the the poor uh, immigrant kid that has to look after his dad and Mm -hmm. is trying to make his dreams happen while having like this burden on him. Mm -hmm. Again, we've seen it all before, but 
his character is so remarkably him that it doesn't yeah. doesn't feel tired doesn't it doesn't feel, feel tired condescending. At all. yeah and like Apolline especially I think is the most tropey which is the poor little rich girl like she yeah. has everything that she wants and for some reason she wants to throw it all away uh, to pursue this thing that her parents don't approve of or her mother mm-hmm. doesn't approve of um, I think like it, if anything feels tired it's probably hers but yeah. she is acted out in such a way and with such a with such an actress that you feel a lot of empathy for her like and I think this is like french casting in general like they don't care to cast the hottest person mm-hmm. they want to cast the person that feels the most lived in i will say i think my favorite is probably nazir mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i think a little bit of context in the casting uh they did not cast comics they they cast actors mm-hmm. uh, to play comics which i think is incredibly important because everybody in the show can act they're fucking mm-hmm. ass off dude like the guy that plays bling he's so pathetic and it's all over his face do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. whenever whenever he's like feeling low or like is fucking something up, which he always does, yeah. it seems, like for 90% of this, he looks like a kid. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, real, like a like hangdog energy. Oh my God, yeah. Like the one scene with his father <laughs> at the end. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oof. Like what a light touch, but massive impact. Like you, it's all you need to know why he goes off the rails. Like he yeah. imminently does. And they don't even, you know, they don't even really spell it out that much. No. They don't have that much dialogue there. It's just everything in in a very well placed scene. Yeah, and like, yeah, it's such a it's such a light but expert touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like speaking yeah. of ex- expert, I think Herrero is one of the best TV showrunners out there right now. I think she mm. has really found whatever that balance is between like watching something that is just emotionally like you're just emotionally invested but not to the point where it tires you so and that was like the whole point of call my agent right it was like it's a fun time yeah but i don't feel like i'm being patronized and it's the yeah. same thing here like the the crowd is younger don't get me wrong but the the way that she weaves in every single one of these characters with fully realized stakes that are communicated to you from the top, mm-hmm. literally the first time you meet every, each and every one of these characters, like if you go back and watch it, just watch the first scene when you're introduced to them and it tells you everything that you need to know about them, what they need, mm-hmm. what's holding them back, everything. You're just in safe hands. And I think that is like the joy of watching this. I felt very held. <laughs> like I really did. <laughs> so shout out to her. I love this show. I think they're doing season two right now. Okay. I was yeah. going to ask. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you didn't like about it? I know that we're we're kind of waxing poetic. But... Well, I think knowing that there is going to be a season two kind of puts some of those possible criticisms or like issues mm. I would have had at ease because... yeah. The way that, you know, it ends, I think it is appropriate for each character in this season, but also, like, there's definitely more that I would have wanted to see uh, past the end yeah. of episode six. So, yeah. no, but knowing, yeah, knowing that there is going to be a continuation, I feel satisfied and, like, uh, safe again in, like, mm. knowing that there, we're not going to be left hanging with however uh, season one concluded. I agree. I think the main thing that annoyed me, and this is a spoiler alert, 
I I wasn't sure why Nazir did what he did with that TV show mm. as someone that needed the money. Yes. So that that yeah. was it. But again, like it doesn't really matter. Like that's just ne- neither here nor there because it just tells me that he deeply values his relationship with Aisa, mm-hmm. and that's also great. You um, know, one one thing now that you mention it, I think this is like one possible criticism or question I had about this sure. this whole series and premise so far yeah why wasn't social media playing a bigger role because (gasps) yeah Yeah. the way that uh, maybe not in paris yeah i don't really know but at least in like the new york scene in the young you know comics uh, among young comics in the u.s so much can be achieved through social media and so Mm -hmm. much of how they will tackle it is through social media front like all those yeah front camera front facing like camera whatever uh you know monologues like the the skits the sketches the tiktoks Uh, yeah yeah all of those they really and so much of like what these people like struggle with these characters are like oh like i need to promote this more i need people to Mm, know this or xyz mm, yeah i feel like a lot of that could have happened or been smoothed over or been like helped along the way with the use of social media since i assume that they also they do have some followings since they like regularly perform um yeah but it was strangely absent from this like we have this one instance of video going viral quote-unquote viral which is like it goes viral in the in this in the way that uh, everything goes viral in like movies and TV. Like yeah. suddenly it just blows up. Yeah. But yeah, like there there was a strange sort of lack of uh, social media presence. and, yeah. and importance in this. I do wonder if they'll maybe maybe address it once Aisa gets a little bit bigger because she is the person that the video goes viral and that's kind of what catapults her mm-hmm. um, into into basically a successful career, which we see uh, growing over the the length of the season. I don't know, dude. I think it's really hard to write social media into shit like this because I think it, it can is, get but... really tiring for those that are on it all all day. But I agree that it should have been maybe a little bit more, just a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I think I think there's there's always a way to because they did such a good job of having it in this season anyway. Like whether it is just mention of it between conversation, but yeah, it, I mean. Maybe maybe there'll be more of it. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think, I don't I think know. that's a very minor thing. Um, no, again, no, maybe totally. it'll be be part of future seasons. And I th- I think this is like something that I also wanted to mention. Is this is a really diverse cast, mm-hmm. and I think they do a good job of like talking about race and talking about their own backgrounds. Um, like I think Nazir is my favorite in terms of how they depicted it because it's just they just show his commute from the banlieue and then Mm -hmm. they show they just show where he lives (laughs) like they show his community when he does a comedy show out there yeah um they show him just like delivering food on his like little app job that he has and like it's it's all there for you to to deduce yeah without Um, them having to call attention to it right and then with aisa i think the dilemma that she has you know when she's out shopping and the police stop her and it's just like a really awkward and like annoying confrontation then her wanting to talk about it in her set and then her manager telling her not to i think this is all very real um and i think it's done in a way that is just enough of a slight hand where it doesn't feel tired or over overworked one thing that i thought was interesting in terms of the way that american media is covering or like interviewing some of the stars so i I guess someone asked the guy uh that plays nazir Yunus busif who he kind of drew influence from when he was trying to see how he performs and apparently he said you know louis ck dave chappelle 
uh, like more the more subversive comics and someone was like the guy interviewing was like so have you heard about the controversy with both of those comics and he was like no and it's just like so <laughs> so typically french that that just doesn't <laughs> uh that's just not uh in the the worldview of the way that media covers those comedy comics i think what it's trying to do in terms of what these comics have responsibility for um is interesting like when when aisa is interviewed at this uh talk show like panel or whatever and they're like don't you think comedy has become too censored and she's like oh what so you feel bad that you don't get to make racist jokes that's what you miss like it's just enough and it didn't feel tiring to me so i really appreciated that um but i'm really excited to spend more time with them man like i think I had such an enjoyable six hours. I really, really recommend anybody to watch this. If you like Call My Agent, this is just as good, I would say. So for this week in culture, we are just going to do a grab bag of stuff that we have been watching uh, per recommendations, per our own volition. Um, and we just wanted we we just wanted to mention some of the stuff that we've uh, that we've seen in the last couple of weeks. There's been so much. A lot of it not not great, but no. Um, but some of them great. So uh, let's get into it. This week I watched Fresh, which is on Hulu. It's a film starring Daisy Edgar Jones of Normal People fame, and also the Sebastian Stan. It's uh, it's about a woman that meets a carnival. That's just put it that way okay <laughs> yeah did you nice. see that you're not gonna watch this right i'm not gonna watch it but i know i know the plot of what happens i yeah. know some of the scenes like i basically get the gist yeah like I'm, I'm trying not to spoil it too much this is you know trigger warning cannibalism when we're talking about who's the carnivore and who isn't um but mm. uh it's directed by mimi cave i think this is a deeply 2.5 stars out of five wow film. very average very average i like just clean down the middle um and two of those stars are given to sebastian stan because he is amazing um <laughs> and um i love how much fun he's having in this mm-hmm. uh he's doing the best that he can with what he's got uh <laughs> what have you been watching this week i've been trying to basically catch up on some shows that have ended or that just have gone on for a while that i haven't seen yet Mm. um one of which is good girls this is currently on netflix um it's an nbc show so i remember quite a while ago one of our listeners suggested good girls and i don't remember who it was i'm very sorry um so this is that crime comedy drama of course it stars christina Hendricks, retta may whitman among others um, but those are the three leads. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm enjoying it so far. Like, I love Christina Hendricks. Yes. I love Retta, too, since Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mae Whitman, I mean, she's done so much work that, like, there's bound to be something of hers that you like. Uh, it's, it's like a fun, funny time. Like, it's not super serious so far. I'm still only, a, like, a season in. But I do know that this ended up being canceled after four seasons so i believe there's not really like a very satisfying conclusion i don't Mm. know if i'll even make it that far because it's it's kind of hard to watch something where you know like it could have continued longer but it was prematurely canceled so you're like eh, what do i do about that yeah yeah what's next for you pelin uh this way up which was recommended to me by the amanda clute uh thank you so much (laughs) this is Hi, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Uh, This is amazing. Like, I had such a good time with this. Um, It's a comedy series that's also on Hulu. And um, it's two seasons. And it's 
created, written, starring Eileen Beer, who is queen of Ireland to me now. You know, mm. just amazing. Love her. She's a comedian. Um, and this is definitely one of the funnier TV shows that I've seen in recent times. It has things that are wrong with it, but again, it's such an easy watch, and I was laughing out loud so many times that it kind of didn't really matter too much overall for me. I don't know how, but she makes Tobias Menzies seem really hot. So, <laughs> uh, you know, he never really did it for me on The Crown. What's I, nice for you? I look forward to watching that. Yeah, yeah. So in keeping with my trend of watching big shows like years after they started airing, um, <laughs> I've, been, I've been getting this Billions on Showtime. Jenny, um, why Billions? Is, why Billions? Is, okay, I'll tell you why. It's purely because I currently, why not I currently Breaking have a Bad? Showtime. Okay. It's because I have a, have a Showtime okay. subscription All right, fair enough. that I'm trying to make the most of before i inevitably cancel it but like why not why not escape point. at danamora is that on showtime yeah well okay maybe i'll check get into out. it <laughs> <laughs> i can't i can't really tell you why I no no it's fi- it's uh, fine i've seen two i think i've seen three seasons of billions now so you know yeah who am i so to this judge? is the uh people compare it a lot to succession although it's like not quite uh, the i think same at all, yeah it was but, just bad timing i think when yeah, they were both uh, out around the same time yeah Succession is one out over billions for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is Brian Koppelman, David Levine, and um, Andrew Ross Sorkin, no relation to Aaron Sorkin. So, you know, classic, high-powered, you know, money, crime, investigation, prosecution, stuff like that, hedge funds, whatever. Honestly, Um, one of the most (laughs) iconic pilot scenes in TV history, if for that alone... Oh, it does open quite strong. Yes, very strong. Yeah, I'm very into it currently. So what's what's next to you, Fallon? I watched Benedetta, which is on Hulu as well. Mm. Uh, this is Paul Verhoeven. It's uh, it's in French, but it's Ooh. based on this. Tr- it's yeah, again, don't we love it? I like I I like Paul Verhoeven's films. I think he's a silly, goofy, silly little director that has a fun time with his directing. So shout out to him. <laughs> and this is his latest. I don't know if I can recommend this film. It's a film about sex and God mm. and about idols and who makes them and who, whether or not you believe in miracles, basically. That whole like self-belief thing. So there's something interesting there. There really is, but I, I think I, w- I would give this a three out of five. So what's uh, what's lost on the docket for you? Uh, so I just started watching Bridgerton season two, which is no. kind of shame on me because I did say in our previous episode about Bridgerton season one, I was like, I will not be watching this anymore. But that is the same thing I said about Emily in Paris. And you got caught up in the I, hype. I watched a second season okay. of that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really is sort of the thing where it's like, you know, so many people on Twitter are talking about it in ways both extreme, both enthusiastic or very, uh, you know, biting as well. So I was just like, it's a Friday night. I'm really tired. I don't have much energy or brain capacity right now. So yeah. let me see what these period idiots are up to right now. I've heard it isn't as horny this time around. Speaking of yeah, being horny that's, you know. that's supposed to be the case. Like season one, plenty of sexy times. Season two, it's supposed to be much more in the, the vein of like, uh, just like longing the, the stairs of right. longing, the, the sort of, uh, Jane Austen style longing. Yeah. Um, I guess so. I'm, I'm still early in the season and it's again, it's, it's fine. It's sort of the acting is not great. 
uh, <laughs> oh, no. it, it, typical. You know, it, it's typical. Typical. Us, but um, so season season one was all about nut, and season two is about post nut clarity. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Pre pre nut because pre nut. The, the, this is about a new couple. This is about a new couple. You're right. You're right. Oh yeah. So it's pre nut. Okay, it's like the it. it's the slow burn more or less. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. But got it, got it. not very interesting. Will I continue watching? Maybe if I need TBD. something in the background while I'm like doing laundry or clipping my fingernails sure. or something. Just a heads up for anybody that wants to get prepared for incoming episodes of this podcast, we will be talking about Pachinko. Yeah. Uh, we will point. be talking about Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So get on that. Yeah. And then we'll we'll circle back to it once we have enough episodes to kind of really get stuck into it. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, that's about the summary of our recent weeks in, in TV and, and, and movies and such. In the meantime, as always, if you think that we should check out something, please let us know at criticismisdead at gmail.com or yes. find us on Twitter and Instagram, criticismisdead, all one word. Um, as you can see, we do try to get through a lot of stuff. They just don't always make it into our episodes. But mm-hmm. maybe if we start doing more grab bags, we'll be able to touch on a lot of different things, including yeah. more viewer recommendations. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And otherwise, check out criticismisdead.subsec.com for show notes, including links or like summaries of everything we've been talking about uh other recommendations other things from around the web perfect creation yep yep. (laughs) thank you you do us a favor rate review apple Podcasts, five stars only thank Um, you maybe tell a friend about us and stick around and continue listening to us we always love and appreciate all of your support uh and we want to thank you so much yes yeah see you next week bye Criticism is Dead is produced by Pelin Keskin Lu and Jenny Chi Zhang. Our music is by Rika. Our artwork and design are by Sarah Macias and Andrew Liu.